0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com
1: slash with Amex. The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network from Learfield. Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Your chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all, Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell.
2: Well, Puxitani Phil didn't see his shadow last week, but it doesn't mean spring isn't here. On this episode of the Eastern Insider Podcast, Alex
3: Jewell it's time to hit the link. It's time to hit the links, but I would say that it does mean spring is not here in Michigan still, at least, or at least the northern part of the country. We all know Puxitani is there in Pennsylvania. So uh, a little different story, maybe where the golf teams are at in Florida this week. And I would be lying if I said I was, wasn't a little bit jealous of Stephanie Jennings and Bruce Cunningham and their contingents down there in the Sunshine State. But uh, up here, it's still very much winter-esque. I was over in the football offices earlier today and I still had to trek through uh, a good six inches of snow. Yeah, so the, the it's fo- hard to feel spring. The foot of snow that we
2: got last week, the two days worth of cancellations doesn't make you quite feel all warm and fuzzy, but it's still nice to think as we will have plenty of golf discussion on the show today. More on that in a minute, but let's recap the weekend that was men's basketball remains on the road. They had a tight one for a while at Kent State before uh, just a lot of firepower down the stretch by the goal Golden Flashes, who take the regular season uh, series from Eastern Michigan. But uh, this stretch, the Eagles have had the number one seed in Toledo, the number two seed in Ohio, uh, the number four seed in Kent State, then they get Buffalo, who's the five seed, before you come back for now the number one seed, Ohio. This is about a toughest stretch against anyone as any MAC team gets right now.
3: Well, Stan Heath knew it was going to be a very tough stretch. And the, the problem is that both men's and women's basketball are facing right now is, Greg, you look at the calendar. It's February 7th today. The regular season is over in less than a month. So... With, when you're on the outside looking in to try to find a way to get into the MAC tournament. The problem is you don't get to be picky about where you have to pick up your wins and losses. So Stan Heath knows they need to pick up wins now. So it does not matter who they're playing. Unfortunately, you're right. It, it's like running into a brick wall because the teams they're getting to play right now are so tough. And we know the league as a whole from top to bottom can be very challenging. But the teams that Eastern has had to play on this road trip, Ohio, Kent State, now going to Buffalo where it may be just as hard to play at Buffalo as anywhere else in the league. And they're a team That for all intents and purposes has some of the best talent in the conference was ranked as the number one team coming out of the preseason poll, but has dipped down a little bit and not hit their stride yet. So they're dangerous at any given point. Um, You've got to start getting some wins somewhere. And so Kent State was a good step in the right direction for Stan Heath because the team played really well out of the gate. They got the halftime lead, but that last 10 minutes or so. They were not able to hold on. And so Stan Heath told Tom Helmer on the air afterwards, all right, we need to go from also playing good basketball to just having the will to win too and fighting and competing all 40 minutes of a game. And so we'll see if they can translate that to Buffalo. It's been a long trip. The nice thing between the Kent State game on Saturday and this game that they'll play on Buffalo on Tuesday was it did give them a little bit of time to relax, travel a little bit looser to the next stadium. They stopped in Cleveland, had some team bonding at a Cavaliers game. So now they'll be back to a little bit more normal of a flow. They're in Buffalo today. So Getting a chance to rest up a little bit and get their legs under them. So we'll see how that affects the team tomorrow.
2: Another team trying to find all 40 minutes worth. That's the women's team. They. Had Kent State a good lead for a while, but then it went from a thirteen-point EMU advantage to a eighteen-point disadvantage in favor of, of Kent State. And at one point, uh, you just you, you got to kind of start figuring out
3: offensively how to compete because right now you're giving up a lot of threes. Well, they're giving up a lot of threes, and Kent State is another challenging team in this conference. I would say that as competitive as basketball can be on the men's side of the um, the equation in this league. The women's side is, I mean, when you say it's a cliche to say top to bottom, anybody can beat anybody. It is not a cliche in this league. I mean, it is unbelievable. We have seen time in and time out. Um, Central, who is (laughs) last in the standings right now, they'll go out and beat Miami. And then Miami will go beat Ohio. And Ohio is a team that thinks they can be in the tournament. And somebody will beat Toledo. And and it just goes back and forth. Um, So the problem with Kent State was you're right Eastern Michigan played well for 30 minutes but 30 minutes is not good enough in this league you allowed Kent State who's the 24th best three point shooting team in the country they only hit two in the first half of the game because the defense was playing so well but they got more open looks in the second half and they took advantage for a while there we were watching like what I mean you have to almost applaud them for I think at one point they hit eight out of twelve from deep in a a short time span so uh, just a tough loss for Eastern Michigan but Fred Castro would tell you the same thing as Stan Heath is now is gut check time I asked Coach Castro in the post in press conference after that kent state game are you at a point in the season where you have these conversations with the girls you tell them where we need to get in terms of to getting to the mac tournament and he said absolutely that is a topic of conversation so he knows that uh, the time is now to put some wins together but just as i said that everybody can beat everything the good any everybody the good news for that greg is that eastern michigan the women and the men are both capable of rattling off wins in bunches as well so Plenty of optimism to still have if you're an Eastern Michigan fan, and I think both of these teams can get the job done.
2: The Eagles will be in action in Buffalo. Alex and Tom Helmer get the double dip of chicken wings in uh, upstate New York. They'll get the Bulls on the men's side Tuesday night, the women on Wednesday night, and then a chance to come back home on Saturday. Doubleheader of basketball. EMU women will take on the Zips of Akron. The men will get Ohio and the defending champions. It is a big day. It is Superheroes Day. Alex Jewel, quick off the top of your head, name the four Ninja Turtles. Donatello, Michelangelo... Uh,
3: Doesn't matter, they'll Picasso be here. Picasso and, no, <laughs> and... Leonardo. And, uh, Leonardo, that's come right. Come on, you're missing one. You know, Greg, I don't want to... Um, well, actually, I don't mind if you exploit my youth and innocence. I'm a little bit younger than you, so the Ninja Turtles, for me, I guess just weren't the big superheroes Oh, it was up.
2: right in my heyday, the Ninja Turtles. I've still got little turtles back at home. If
3: you I know Splinter, want right though.
2: Splinter's oh, the mouse, right? Yes, that's right. They love they love uh, pizza. So they will be here on Saturday. That's right. Spider-Man, all's well as Wonder Woman will be here. No,
3: that's not what you call Felicia
2: Leggett Jack when you get to see her on tomorrow.
3: Yeah, she is uh, certainly a fantastic coach. Everybody knows she's one of my favorites in this league, the head coach at Buffalo. Ninja Turtles, by the way, you dressed your dog up as a Ninja Turtle for Halloween this past year, didn't you? That's right. That's how big of a fan you are. So if you're a fan of superheroes, there's going to be plenty of action out at the George German... You get a cape, there's giveaways this weekend, a a superhero cape. Like Greg said, there'll be live superheroes here, so it's a great opportunity if you're just a fan or if you have kids to bring them out and be a part of it here at the George Gervin Game Above Center.
2: Some other things going on this week. Women's tennis uh, reschedules Cleveland State after it was canceled last week. Uh, Then they will also see uh, UIC come uh, as an opponent as well as the University of Chicago this week for tennis. Track will be at Grand Valley, uh, swimming at OSU for the winter invitation track as well in uh, sending a contingent to Boston, and it'll be a busy, busy week around all, because tennis seems to play every other day. You add Valpo, Holy Cross, you name it, on the list. Wisconsin-Milwaukee, Jason Wiseman Company, busy, busy, busy. Plus then, like we talked about, golf this week. Right now, they're in action. Both teams won their early matches down in Florida. The men's team, Uh, the number two seed at the Earl Meyer Invitational, they knocked off number seven, Xavier Meanwhile, the, the women's team, the fifth seed, they tied and advanced on tiebreakers with a win over Ball State, so can follow on emueagles.com, but uh, Bruce Cunningham and Stephanie Jennings are guests today in, in two great interviews.
3: Yeah, and, and you got to sit down with both of those coaches, and I know you work pretty heavily, obviously, with both golf teams here. From, our, from the outside perspective, Greg, I mean, I know that on the women's side first, Stephanie Jennings is in a unique position because she's got a really talented team, and she's got a team that's returning that's very, very young, and I know that she feels great about the offseason that they've had and the progression that they might be able to do some damage in the conference.
2: Yeah, they certainly have the ability right now. Uh, Central Michigan kind of had a great fall. Eastern was right there on their tails, but everybody knows the big girl out on top still, Kent State. No one is ever knocked off Kent State on the women's side, so that will be a big accomplishment they'll be looking for. On the men's side, a really spectacular fall, but they have uh, three seniors that are all Canadian. They also have a fourth senior. In his first semester, though, Blaze Blaise And you look at that group, they are all poised to know they can return to the top. Don't forget, this is a team that is just a year and a half removed from a MAC championship they shared with Kent State, and, and the fire is brewing deep in them because they could have left those seniors. They all came back for their COVID fifth year, and I think you're going to see big things.
3: Well, you've got me convinced that it's some good interviews to listen to, so we'll take a quick break. On the other side of it, Greg Steiner will sit down with Bruce Cunningham and Stephanie Jennings, the head coaches of the men's and women's golf program. So stick right here, listen into to those interviews, and as always, we appreciate you listening stay tuned for everything this week on emueagles.com and across social media you're listening to the eastern insider podcast for 82 years blue cross blue shield of michigan has been and continues to be committed to families all across michigan by providing access to care however wherever and whenever they need it blue cross is here for it all and always will be
1: Or out to sea. We always bring you the E on the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. The Eastern Insider Podcast.
2: Bruce, you look at this upcoming season. I mean, you guys are poised after a really good fall for a tremendous spring.
4: Yes, we have the you know three returning guys from the Mac Championship team. Or the co-MAC champion team of 2019. And, you know, Max Watson has some experience, Marcus Smith. So we've got five guys with MAC championship experience. And obviously, Ty Saloni, Cougar Collins, Zach Mason, they're taking advantage of their COVID, bonus COVID fifth year. And I think, you know, things are set up to have a tremendous spring.
2: When you look at the kind of the three seniors, the three Canadians, and, and Ty, Zach, and, and Cougar, when you look back at, at their careers, I mean, they have all done exceptionally well. Ty's got a chance to, to set the all-time mark for scoring. Right. Cougar's been right there in the mix every time. And Zach's really blossomed the last two years. How impressed have you been with their development and growth?
4: They're coachable, right? They they are able to make adjustments on the fly. They understand you know, different little concepts, and they've got – wonderful fundamentals and they learn from each experience Uh, the one thing though they are all extremely competitive and uh, you know our competitive situations change each you know whether it could be weather it could be difficulty the course they just seem they're always up to the challenge. They love the challenge, and they have learned from each experience. Every year has been an improvement. Every summer, they put their, themselves on the line. They, you know, they're fortunate to play in the Ontario Amateur, Canadian Amateur, even Cougar is part of the Canadian national team. They've had a great experience. COVID obviously yeah. has caused a little hiccup. Right when we're coming off the the Mac Championship team, uh, just gave them a little bit of a. You know, we'll wait and see as we let COVID kind of do its thing, but they're back. I think they've got their edge back. You know, it's a combination of the mental and the physical. And I think they're set up to have a, a tremendous close of their you know career.
2: When I talked to them just a little bit ago, Cougar really mentioned the fact that he looked at last year and said, I wasn't happy with the way it ended. And really that's why I wanted to come back and change last year. When you hear something like that, how Pressed? Are you knowing that their fire is really there?
4: Well, the fire is there. And when you have been a Mac champion, you're not going to go out the way that uh, you know might have gone out last year. And he had a he took advantage of the of the COVID year, took advantage of being on the Canadian national team and having another year of development as an amateur because he will be playing professionally and I think it was just the right decision for him and for ty and for Zach just with the way everything is going with amateur golf and professional golf um, and they just want to end on the correct note um, We're they've got some nice support you know we're, we've got some nice depth on the team but I think they know that they can you know the best is still in front of them
2: you bring in a, a guy in in the offseason cam Colette comes in a uh, transfer from Nevada, starts playing last uh, semester. Getting a transfer in in somebody who's already been playing golf at the collegiate level, how much of it does is an advantage to that versus just somebody who's coming in as a freshman?
4: Oh, it's important. And it's, he fits right in. He obviously knows the other guys from Ontario. He puts himself out. He played a, a lot this this summer. Uh, play, you know, two even professional tournaments that he was playing as an amateur and got into the final group, finished third in the Ontario amateur. And just, you know, it's always an adjustment coming to a new school. But he's he's very polished. He's got great fundamentals, and yeah, the experience speaks for itself. So uh we're looking for big things from him.
2: A guy like MJ comes in, uh really was re- highly rec- regarded out of high school. You're able to lucky enough to get him here. Yeah and he's since day 1 been in the lineup uh, and and playing and playing in really critical moments for you how has his growth and development been
4: oh he he's a sponge i mean he look he was probably the, the best or top rated nationally ranked athlete that we ever had come in and he you know whether it was the golf weeks or ajgas i mean he won multiple ones of those on on many occasions in his junior career. Now it's that transition again, because you just, you can't find this. He does well at, uh-huh. at the amateur level, but he's was young. I mean, he just turned 18 last September. So he's very young, um, but extremely polished. He's got, you know, he, there's things he's got to work on. Look, there's nothing like, you don't know what it's like to be a freshman until you're a sophomore. And again, he had a wonderful fall season, and look for him to really knock it out of the park this spring, because he just keeps—he's working on every element of his game. He—the better the player that he plays with, he just seems to learn that much more, and it, it's an accelerated uh, learning curve for MJ. And I'm really, really happy for him that he—that he's taking on that ownership of what he sees, because it's—you don't know what to expect when you get here. You think you know what. But when you're playing with that type of talent, it's um, you, you either love it or you kind of you know shy away from it. And he just gets right in there and he he knows what is expected of him.
2: Guy in Max Watson comes from your hometown in Ashland, yep. wins the Ohio Amateur last uh, in the summer. You have to insert him into the Mac lineup. What do you continue to see the ceiling look for him? Because he's when he's been in the lineup, he's he's put numbers up for you.
4: Oh, extremely consistent, hardworking, great fundamentals, and one heck of a short game. So, but he's, you know, just kind of hitting the surface of in college golf with his starts, and he'll have a lot of starts this spring, and he's just ready to get going. Uh, he he is probably one of the the hardest working guys we've ever had in the program. So when you combine that. With his competitive mindset, and he's polished in every every area, every metric that we look at, one of the straightest, you know, his uh, driving accuracy is incredible. Irons, like any, any of these little tests that we do on TrackMan, I mean, Max is at the top. So if you can just combine some of those metrics with getting in the lineup and playing, every, you know, week in and week out, I think we're going to get a lot out of him this, you know, this semester.
2: We haven't seen a lot of Patrick yet, but he's, since he's arrived on campus, he's kind of changed his body uh, Mm -hmm. trying to to find himself. What have you seen out of him? And what's kind of the the scouting report on on Patrick as we start to see a little bit more of him?
4: Yeah, he's got a lot of the tools as well and extremely hard working as well and he plays a lot of tournaments uh so he in the summertime you know even over thanksgiving went out and played near an zone in the gobbler and yeah he fits in quite well and he's still on that learning curve a little bit but he fits in he's got a extreme length you know he flies at 300 rolling out mm-hmm. to like 325 so the length at Division One golf. I mean, that's the thing when you go from a junior to a, into Division One uh, NCAA. It's we're playing at seventy-two to seventy-five hundred. So that length has not been a problem for him. It's just more mental and probably just you know ball control, a little bit of ball control, a little bit of distance control, which everybody has to always work on, uh, and flighting it when we get into a lot of a lot of wind. So just some of those things that you just have to get polished up. That. Until you really get into a division one program, you don't really know where you stand, but then once you do, he's working on all the things he has to work on. And yeah, he's uh he's gonna he adds a lot of depth, and we'll just see, you know, if we can get in the lineup a few times this spring. Blaze
2: was a guy who is an interesting story. He was initially committed to you out of high school, and then some things changed and now he's back with you. What do you right. see out of him?
4: Well, again, you know, probably the best athlete on the team and He's got extreme length, too. I mean, like 126 uh, club speed. I mean, he flies wow. at 325, gets out to like 355, and he's got a great driving iron. Uh, again, just, you know, ball control, distance control on Blaze, but he has every everything working for him. He's got a pretty good short game. You know, he gets a lot of those shots where, you know, 60 yards, 75 yards, some of those in-between shots that uh, he had – He's improved quite a bit, and the consistency will keep raising. He's in his last semester. He's going to be in the first tournament for us and look for great things out of him because, you know, once you get, once you get that experience and you get, get in the lineup, he's got everything going for him that we need to play at, at the distances that we play at, and he's okay with flighting the ball as well. So none of the weather is going to um, affect him. It's just more ball control, distance control.
2: 29 years at EMU now for you. When you think back of it, one, does it just seem like it, a blink of the eye and it, it's gone? Because I, you don't, I mean, you've won three MAC titles, three MAC right. coach of the years. You've sent a lot of people onto the professional ranks. What's your proudest moment?
4: Well, proudest moments, obviously, just watching them grow as young men from being freshmen to Seniors or 50 year seniors, even this class right now, where you got, well, even, you know, you got Blaze, Ty, mm-hmm. Cougar. It's just watching the development and, you know, them graduating from Eastern Michigan. I mean, that's the, but then, you know, professionally, it's the relationships that you have with all the other coaches. We're fortunate in our sport. You play against 12 to 15 to 18 teams at every tournament. So, all those relationships that you that you've made, but boy, the MAC championships and the um, the NCAA regionals that we played at Georgia Tech, at Ohio State, and at Washington. Corey Mahoney getting to go with him where he gets out at the at the regional at uh, Notre Dame, and we Ooh. go to Caves Valley to play in the national championship. Incredible moment, and you know being with Chris Ross at Oklahoma State and the regional when they got to go as individuals, but there's nothing like team golf. I mean, I think those guys would even trade all that in to go with a team. And we were fortunate to experience that three times, playing three regionals and be really close on a couple of occasions. Those are the, and obviously you look, winning is rare in Division One golf because there's 12 to mm-hmm. 20 teams at each tournament. So any of those wins, I mean, I think maybe the Kepler winning at Ohio State I think it was two thousand nine. I might have the nope. uh, and it might have been two thousand ten. But for me, just growing up in Ohio and my father having both his undergrad and his masters from there, that one was pretty special for the uh, for the regular season.
2: Uh as you look ahead to the schedule, you're gonna start off with Mac play yeah. match play down in Florida. Right. Always an exciting event because you get to see guys, you get to develop those those moments, live in the villas for a few days together. Right. What makes that event so special?
4: Well, I think for us, it's a great way to start. We get about, well, we get two practice rounds before we even see live bullets. So it, one thing, it's getting all the reps in. And it's great to, look, winning and losing sometimes isn't always up to you, and, go, and especially in match play. The other guy can get really hot. So it, it's a nice way to have all the putts mean anything. Every shot means it means something, you know, whether you win two and one, Lose two and one. Obviously, we want to win two. You know, rather win two and mm-hmm. one and, than lose two and one. But it's a good way to, for us to start. And the camaraderie of all those guys of our team staying in the same villa. You know, we're cooking our meals. Mm-hmm. We eat there. We we don't move for like four or five days. And it's a great way to just gel. And they get all the great reps in. It's exactly what has to what we exactly. It's exactly what we have to do to get ready for our first stroke play event
2: when you move into the stroke play event is right. there you set up your, your calendar so you're you get a lot of competitive rounds against some really top caliber teams how do you go about building your schedule
4: well it's similar to basketball only we as head coaches are responsible for our own strength of schedule and but you also have to figure out the 500 record you can Knock the ball out of the park. You need to make sure you're over the 500 record. That's the one thing in our sport. You have to have over a 500 record. And it's, you know, whether it's the RPI in basketball, for us it's just strength of schedule. And it's relationships. It's about your brand. We've got, you know, over the 28, 29 years, Mm -hmm. we've got a really good brand and I've developed some really good relationships. However, you need to have talent and you have, they wanna know what your golf week ranking is, your national ranking, they wanna know what your golf stat ranking is, and that's your brand, and it's extremely important in our sport. It's probably one of the most critical elements as a head coach is because in other sports, athletic director or the conference mm-hmm. sets the schedule. In our sport, it's the head coach and the relationships, and you just hope that you can get in the events that you need to, to get in.
1: There's only one place in the state of Michigan that takes you straight inside the locker room, and that's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action, bringing you more coverage than any other program in the mitten.
2: You guys had a phenomenal fall, and you could not have asked for better things and better success. How do you go about transporting that success now into the spring?
0: Learning maybe things we didn't quite do right. You know, we came runner up into two tournaments and we're so close. You know, we tied Central Michigan and and lost on, you know, a scorecard playoff. But, um, you know, learning from some of the things individually of how each player can improve and how they respond to maybe some adversity on the golf course and to kind of bring it back and how we can then... You know, take advantage of of some of those moments where you know, we know there's certain holes on the golf course that are, are scoring holes. Some that we just got to play smart and, and play to our strengths. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing is is educating them on what are your strengths in your game? You know, yeah, you can bomb a drive out there, but then what does it leave you? It may leave you an 80 yard shot. Is the 80 yard shot your best shot right. in your bag? So just learning those things. and And as we go, to really strategize before a tournament.
2: When you, as a coach, you have to weigh that fine balance of technique versus kind of being there just mental, being there for them. In a course of a round, how, how do you decide what you're gonna do? Is it more just letting them play and being there to be their friend and, and pick them up when things are going bad? Or, or sometimes you have to, to kind of kick them along a little bit to get going? How do you work that balance?
0: It's, uh, it's delicate. Right. Each individual golfer is a little different in how they manage themselves on the golf course. Some of them, you know, the one thing I've learned is some of them want to know where we stand as a team during the tournament or where they stand individually. Some of them don't want to know at all. Um, so that sometimes is is something I gotta be aware of. Is, is do they want to know how they're doing against the field or how the team's doing against the field? Um, definitely picking them up if they're getting down. You know, being their biggest cheerleader and um, not getting too technical because there's there's a thing where you don't want somebody to be thinking about their golf swing when they're trying to score so it's okay let's stay focused on our plan you know what do we have on our our yardage books and and what's your plan your individual plan for the course and let's let's stick to that as much as we can you know if we have a shot go awry, then okay let's adjust but um, you know as I go around the course with them I'm only with each individual player maybe three or four holes out of a round. So it's when I have that opportunity to be with them, I'm walking with them, we're talking about things. And sometimes we're not even talking about golf. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, oh, you know, how are mom and dad doing? Or what, you know, if if their parents are there or things like that. And just having a conversation or, you know, what have they learned about the people they play with, you know, in the group if they talk to the people in the group. Or but just trying to keep them in a good, you know, even keel you know, especially if maybe they had a bad hole, let's, how do we get it back?
2: How do you, when you look at, at building your schedule and deciding, okay, I could go out and play against a lot of top 25 teams, or I could sneak into a field that doesn't have the same success and it's a winnable. How do you go about balancing the needs to prove yourself against top level teams, but also building confidence?
0: Yeah. And it's, it is a delicate balance. We, we, I think within the last few years we've we've had a decent balance of those challenging tournaments and those very you know winnable tournaments. Um, we've probably played in more winnable tournaments, I would say, over the last couple of years than, than the challenging ones. So that's something I'm looking to change, especially going into next year.
2: Not having a senior on this roster is good the aspect that you're not losing anybody, but it's also bad that you don't have that senior leadership. And uh, you texted me last night about your, your captains and, mm-hmm. and how do you view your underclassmen having to take that leadership role on as in such an early situation?
0: I look at it as a majority of my team have two years left. So whether they're you know, in their third year or fourth year of college, you know, I kind of look at, it. okay, so where are they on the team? Right. Because some of my players you know, during COVID, they they took a break. They didn't come back or, you know, just didn't have the normal year that they would have had, especially like Olivia mm-hmm. and, and Natai. Um, so I kind of look now as they're all on a similar playing field because they both have they all have two years left. And um, with Anna and Sophia, they've really showed their leadership qualities. Um, You know, sometimes we'll have optional workouts. They never miss an optional workout. Um, They're just really putting the time in. And they really embrace their relationships with each player. And I I value that a lot. I mean, we talk about relationships. We talk about communication and how important that is from a leadership standpoint.
2: Who's made the biggest leap for you that you've seen in in improving their game on the course?
0: I, wow. Wow. Um, I mean, Kylie as a freshman to come out the way she did, Mm -hmm. I knew she was a a great golfer coming into, um, our, our school, but, um, to see her just explode the way she did was tremendous. And I don't know if that was just, I wouldn't look at that as a leap for her, but it it just showed that college golf wasn't going to intimidate her. You know, some, some, some players, when they come from high school to college, they kind of let it get to them and and I'm glad I didn't see that happen with her. Um, I would say from last year to this year of of repeating players, I know Sophia's really made a huge jump uh she's very committed, very dedicated, and uh you know going doing things over the summer to make sure she she is reaching those goals that she set for herself.
2: Yeah, one of the things that's kind of changed is a lot more of your girls are now playing summer tournaments and doing some of those. It's you want them to get away from golf, but you also kind of want them to play. What's your kind of philosophy on encouraging them to, to take on those summer tournaments? And, and, and they've won some of them as well.
0: Mm-hmm. We, I really say to them that they should play in at least four, especially like big tournaments, you know, do your, U.S. amateur qualifier, do your state women's open, do your, um, if there's a uh, another type of amateur championship that they can get into. So look at those big, bigger events that, you know, your competition is going to be a little bit tougher. I mean, we had several people who played in the Michigan women's open this past summer and you get Symmetra tour players playing in, in that event. So anytime they get the opportunity to play in some of those bigger, events i think kylie even tried to qualify for the uh, marathon down in toledo so um those are the events that that i really try to encourage them to play in and not let it completely absorb their whole summer schedule because you do need you need that time to to regroup and you know kind of just enjoy your summer a little bit and uh so but they love golf and I don't want to discourage that, right? Just love golf, get out, play, yep. practice, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, stay competitive is, is the biggest
2: thing. Everybody kind of loves this first tournament out of the gates. You get to go to Florida. One, you get away from the cold and winter doldrums. But two, it's an opportunity. Everybody gets to go. You play outside mm-hmm. and it's, it's match play, which is something different than anybody else gets. How exciting is, is that tournament and that format for your, your team?
0: It's such a great way to open up the season because match play, it's competitive, yet the pressure isn't as uh, high, I should say. You know, you, you do put pressure on yourself, but it's, you know, one hole at a time, right? And, and that's the best way to kind of get your mind in the right set of focusing you know, one shot at a time, one hole at a time, and just going against one other team in that moment. And um missed it last year, um, unfortunately. But last year wasn't a match play, so no. kind of a, I don't know, um, good thing, I guess, that we we didn't get a chance to go there. But the match play is back, and I know we start off with against Ball State in our first round. So,
2: And then when you look towards the end of the year, everybody always zooms in to, to trying to win a championship. And unfortunately, it's it's resided in Kent, Ohio, since the tournament started. Yeah. Uh, but the gap continues to narrow. And, and how important is it for your team to set that goal of Kent State's the standard that we want to be?
0: Mm-hmm. And it, I always looked at it as I'm glad Kent has achieved what they've achieved because then that's forced a lot of the other Mac schools to push, to bring in those higher quality athletes to really get you know the training better so we can then narrow that gap and eventually beat them Um, I mean that's been my goal ever since I think I was a you know junior in Eastern (laughs) Michigan golf Um, I always say well I'll I'll give myself credit for being the the uh, even though I finished fourth my senior year in the Mac championship I was the lowest scoring American so I take credit for that but But they've always had a wonderful team, and I I don't look at it as a bad thing. It's really pushed all of us to do better. And and I think I told you I made little Uh mini-Mac trophies for our team because our motto this year is see it, be it, believe it, because you have to, in a way, manifest, or as um, Anna will say, transmute what you want to do in life and, and the more you put that out there to the universe, the more you believe it, the more you train for it, the closer it that goals. Are.
1: This has been another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast, powered by Learfield and presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts. SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for all of our episodes on demand.